Welcome into Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier. We're back for another episode. Today, we're going to talk to Brentwood Academy point guard Tyler Tanner, who just announced his commitment to Vanderbilt last week. And we are also going to catch up on a variety of news and notes that if you've been on vacation, you might have missed. So uh, before we jump into all that, though, I want to remind everybody this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Let's go ahead and bring in Tyler now, who's going to join us by video here if you're watching on screen. Tyler, congrats on your commitment and thanks for being here. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So you just made the big announcement last Friday that you were going to be joining the Vanderbilt Commodores after you graduate high school next year. Uh, What sold you on the program and ultimately uh, pushed you to make that decision? Um, It was a lot of different factors uh, that played into it. Um, Number one being they're in the SEC, uh, which is where I wanted to play, you know, growing up and stuff like that. I think it's the best uh, conference for a guard to play in. Um, I'm going to be playing against really good, really good guards. Uh, which will make me better. Um, And then the staff there at Vanderbilt, um, I love every one of the coaches there. Uh, They've poured into me a lot uh, since I first was introduced to the program. Uh, And that was really important in my decision. And then uh, just the education at Vanderbilt, um, the connections I build there outside of basketball are really important too. Tyler, it's nice to have another Tyler on the show. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Um, this is a this is a big year for you, man. Winning state championship, which was something you guys had been really really focused on after some tough finishes in previous years, and now committing to an SEC school, which, as you mentioned, was a, a, has been a dream for you for a long time. How cool have just the last few months been? Have you had a chance to just sit down and maybe think or talk with people about you know just all the great things that have kind of happened in your life? Yeah, um, I'm very blessed, very thankful. Um, a lot of people around me who have poured into me, uh, Coach Blackson here at BA and then all my uh, Bradley Beal family. Um, it's been a really cool couple months. You know, I had a really fun summer uh, playing AAU with Bradley Beal. Um, probably my best AAU summer yet. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm really sad that it's over. Uh, last year, you know, winning state was something we've been really close to. The past or the three years before that, we lost in the Elite Eight the final four and in the final. So finally winning that was, you know, great. I've talked to y'all about that before, but um, yeah, I'm just blessed, thankful, and it's all God. So Tyler, you had plenty of options to choose from. You had some pretty interesting offers like Belmont, Murray State, Ole Miss. Of course, Vanderbilt offered last summer. What was your recruitment like and, and how'd you go about weighing those options? Yeah, um, I really enjoyed the recruiting process, you know, learning more about different schools, um, different ideas and stuff. Um, My top three at the end were um, Murray State, Belmont, and Vanderbilt. Um, Three amazing programs. I knew wherever I went, I would fit. Um, I really liked the coaches at every spot. Um, I visited every school, and I had a really good time. But um, I, after Peace Jam was when I wanted to to decide where I was going to be spending my college career. Um, and so I talked a lot with my family, the most, my, uh, my mom and dad. Um, I talked with Coach Blackson here at BA, our head coach, um, some of my boys, my really close friends, um, and my Bradley Beal director. I talked to him, too, um, just about the pros and cons of each, you know, what one school would have rather than what another school would have. And um, once I talked to everybody about it and had a little time to just sit down and think about it, uh, I think the decision was pretty clear. Well, what's the most appealing part of, uh, about playing for Jerry Stackhouse, Tyler? Um, I think it's the experience that he has. Um, he played 
17 or 18 years in the league. Uh, obviously, he played at North Carolina. Um, he's He has a lot of connections in the basketball world. So I think he can teach me a lot um, from a player standpoint um, and connect me with a lot of people. Uh, and I think connections is one of the most important things um, in a career, uh, especially in basketball, because if he knows people, he can introduce me to people and uh, show me some new things. So Tyler, with you going to Vanderbilt, that's not going to do anything to kind of stop these comparisons people like to make between you and Brentwood Academy alum Darius Garland, uh, who also played at Vandy just briefly before heading off to the NBA. Now, obviously, you guys are different players and everything, but how much do you look up to Darius and how he's he sort of helped you, you know, through your basketball career there at Brentwood Academy? Yeah, I, I definitely look up to Darius um, mainly because he shows me anything's really possible, you know. He was in my shoes not too long ago, so that shows me, you know, if he does it, like, why can't I do it? So uh, that gives me a lot of confidence in myself uh, that I can really do anything I set my mind to if I work hard at it and practice. Um, he's helped me a lot. You know, I, I call him sometimes, ask him about, you know, some different decisions that I'll make, whether it's college or where I'm going to play AAU and stuff. He helped me get to Bradley Beal as well because he played there as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for Darius. Um, I am – very thankful to be compared to him, obviously, because he's an all-star and one of the best point guards in the NBA. But, um, yeah, he's been he's been pretty important, and he's a really good dude. What is – Tyler, right now, as it stands in July, what is your official height? You, you at six feet? Yes, sir, I'm six foot. Six even. Okay. I was, uh, well, and people who don't know or don't watch you uh, may not, they might be surprised to know that you can get well above the rim and, and dunk one handed and in traffic even uh, how much do you work on that explosiveness and how much is natural? Um, I would say a good amount is natural. Um, I've always been pretty athletic just growing up um, playing with my friends in the driveway and stuff. But um, the credit I would give the most to is Scotty real here at, um, at BA. He's our strength trainer. Um, he came here my eighth grade year, um, and I've been working with him ever since, um, just getting stronger. And I think uh, that plays a big role in my improvement as a basketball player, uh, is just getting stronger in the gym. I think my upper body strength, my lower body strength, everything um, is helping me to be a lot better basketball player for sure. Yeah, and people talk about that first step as a guard, but sometimes it's that last step that's just as important, finishing a play and just being able to get up to the rim uh, you know, how important is that that tool for you in your toolbox to be able to make opponents respect you? You know, how much do you see that as an aspect that really helps round out your game and complement your shooting? Yeah, I think it's really important because um, as a point guard, you know, getting downhill, uh, causing another person to help will open up a lane for another player on my team. So because um, I really like to share the ball, get my teammates open, put them in good positions to score. So getting downhill, you know, them respecting me, finishing at the rim um, will, you know, open up positions for my teammates. But also, um, you know, if I jab or something, they're going to be helping in the lane. So that might open up my jump shot too. Last season at Brentwood Academy, you really did a little bit of everything, averaging 19.6 points, 4.2 rebounds, 3.8 assists, and uh, 3.1 steals per game, a really well-rounded stat line. Uh, what kind of feedback has Vanderbilt given you on, on how they plan to use you uh, when you get on campus? Um, I think at Vanderbilt, I'm going to be a little less of a scorer, more of a pure, more pure point guard. Um, when I talk to Coach Stack, uh, he really likes my game, and he really likes that I play like uh, Jason Kidd. That's who he compares me to a lot. 
Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to step in um, to make that impact as a, as a pure point guard, you know, get others open, still defend, play defense, rebound. Um, but, yeah, a little bit more of a point, pure point guard. What has it been like to play under Andy Blackston? He was hired before this uh, past season. Uh, how close have you guys been able to get during that time? Yeah, uh, me and Coach Blackson are really close. Um, I met him the first day he came here. He uh, introduced himself to our team. Uh, ever since then, everything about BA, uh, for my experience, has been a lot better. Um, last year, we would do Bible studies that he introduced to our team. Um, he's just a really good coach. Anytime I have a question about uh, philosophies or anything in basketball, I can go ask him. Um, we've gotten really, really close in this past year. Um, he's probably one of my favorite coaches ever. Um, I really love Coach Blackson and everything that he's done for me. A few weeks ago, we had former station camp and Vanderbilt basketball star John Jenkins on the show. And, of course, he's one of those guys that, especially growing up in high school and college, I mean, he was just living in the gym all the time. He talked about how obsessed he is with practicing, never took a day off even when he was younger. And uh, I think eventually he's kind of learned uh, that it's good to take some breaks, good to kind of take care of your body and stuff too. But I guess, Tyler, what's your practice and shooting routine like? Are you always in the gym or, or do you try to take some breaks to, you know, maybe do some other hobbies and stuff? Yeah, um, I would agree with him. I love to stay in the gym, um, pretty much in the gym every day. Um, with the exception of, you know, like after AAU, I'll probably take like a week or two off um, just to, you know, let my body recoup. But uh, I love staying in the gym, shooting with some of my teammates or getting in here, working out with uh, Jamal Spencer Richardson uh, at BA. Um, I think staying in the gym keeps you sharp. Um, and whenever you're in the game, uh, reps show. So if, if you're working on something, it's going to it's gonna pay off in the game for sure. Who is uh... – who is a high school player in the area, Tyler, who is not on your team, who you really respect and why? And uh, as a bonus, you can – I'm sure you respect all your teammates, but maybe tell us a, a guy for BA that's going to maybe surprise some people next year. Um, I would probably say Joey Nixon. Um, he's Jason Nixon's little brother. Um, he's been, you know, kind of one of our bench players the past couple of years. Um but he's a really good player. He can really shoot it, as you can see in Jason. <laughs> it kind of runs in the family. But uh, I think he'll surprise some people this year um, coming out and making an impact on the varsity level for sure. And who is kind of a, who, who is another player in the high school area not on your team who you, whose game you really respect? Um, one of the guys I really like from Nashville is uh, Trey Pearson from JP2 or Pope. Um, he plays on Bradley Beal, but I've got to watch him this summer to see him improve and get better. Um, I think he'll have a really good year this year. He's only a sophomore. Um, he's gotten a lot better since last year, so I think he'll surprise a lot of people. Tyler, one more for you, and then we'll let you go. But, uh, of course, with going to Vanderbilt, you're going to get to play in front of your hometown fans, friends, and all that, family. Um, how cool is that going to be for you? And uh, I mean, how much did that sort of play into your decision, too, the opportunity to sort of stick around Nashville and, and go to college here? Yeah, um, I think staying home is really important. Um, I wasn't going to change my college decision based off whether a school was here or, you know, anywhere else, California or wherever. But uh, Vandy was just perfect, so it just happened to be in Nashville. But I think it's going to be really fun. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me, like, yeah, we're going to have to get season tickets, you know, just people from here wanting to come support Vandy. Uh, and I've said this before, but I think 
a lot of people from Vandy are going to support me um, because I'm from here. And then a lot of people who support me are going to really support Vandy. So I think it's a two-way deal um, and it should be really special. Yeah, it'll be great to have that support system right here in town. So Tyler, congratulations once again on your commitment to Vanderbilt and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. All right, that has been Brentwood Academy point guard Tyler Tanner. He's still got one more year there with the Eagles. Should be a fun senior year after winning the state title last season. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break now, and then we'll come back with some news and notes from around the area. So stick around for that. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. You're <laughs> <laughs> really good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I'm going to hang out, okay? We are back here on Main Street Preps this week, and even though it's July, the, the news cycle has not stopped. Uh, so we're going to get to several items here. Tyler, starting with the Metro football turf fields that are incoming. Uh, that uh, They just broke ground yesterday at Pearl Cone with an official ceremony. Of course, some work has been going on before that. But uh, based on your story, it seems like the, some of the projects out there are not going to be done in time for the season. Yeah, I don't, I'd be surprised. Uh, and, of course, those schedules have already all been rearranged to, to accommodate that. I think that was probably an expectation that the progress was not uh, enough that th there was going to be home openers, you know, home season openers and maybe even, you know, the second week. So those have been kind of tweaked a little bit. And I guess it's important to note that those, uh, I reached out to, to Metro yesterday and some uh, quote of the games have been swapped. So I don't believe all of them have been swapped. That might be, uh, there might be a lost home game or two in there, which is too bad. You know, that's some lost revenue and uh, it's important to note first off that it's a good thing. This it's nice that this finally got done. Um, you know, Metro uh, athletic director, Mark North said, obviously the conversations to help get this really big, you know, started to, it was one of his priorities when he took the job in 2021, but really the conversations and the desires about this have been going on for, you know, about a decade uh, to get this. Cause it's been something that's been a, you know, a point of interest for, for a long time. So it's good that it's finally getting done and they're not all going to get done in one year. It's going to take some time for them all to get done, but uh, ultimately great long-term project that, that the Titans and the, and the mayor's office helped get off the ground. And of course there's a lot of fundraising going on uh, with uh, the fans incorporated side, uh, you know, headed up by Jamie Holland. So um, there's a lot of people working on it and it's great that they got it going. It's, it's too bad really that there was a delay on, on the construction, or I shouldn't say the construction, you know, it took a, I think there were just uh, to get, secure the funding, you know, the government red tape that had to happen, the approvals for funding and finding a contractor that took, that took a while. Um, I think coaches are probably just wondering, you know, some of them do kind of have their hands up in the air, you know, if this was announced in November, why uh, maybe was there no planning to how that the funding could be allocated more quickly before that uh, it was nice to announce it in earnest back in November, but uh, what was, what was maybe the, why was there no forethought into making sure this happened a little quicker and that, unfortunately that was the case here, but you know, it's a $15 million project, a lot of efforts going into it. Um, you know, they, they didn't start taking bids until April. So probably in April coaches realized this is, this is going to take a second. Um, 
the uh, the contractor wasn't approved or what the the ultimate the bid um which was not a is not a local contractor it's georgia based uh, field turf usa that that contractor was not that bid was not officially accepted till may 9th so I, certainly by may 9th they probably thought this this could take a second but then you're still talking about two months between the contractor being selected and the work being done so it's there's a little bit of curiosity and maybe a little frustration on the coach's part why this is happening this way especially at east which is probably in the in, in the most difficult position because it doesn't have a practice field and that is the one school where the work hasn't even begun there hasn't been a shovel put into the ground so i know that's tough that's tough for for that program especially with a new coach and damian harris who is juggling kind of beginning a season and then also dealing with a logistic that uh, probably isn't too fun he's driving the bus he'll be driving the bus back and forth uh to uh to bailey middle school which is about a couple miles away from east to to accommodate practices until that field is done. So that's, that's a lot going on for them, a little bit of lost time. So uh, ultimately a lot of good news and a little bit of just hurdles, I guess I should say, and some things to get over for those three schools, Pearl Cone and White's Creek and East Nashville until those fields can get done this season. And I think the goal probably moving forward is, and it'll be a little bit easier moving forward to get the next group. It's three schools per year. It'll be easier moving forward to get those schools, probably get those fields built before, their seasons begin so there's a i would say there's pretty good chance that that won't that this won't happen again to another school hopefully some short-term pain for a long-term gain there for the metro football fields coming in uh switching gears a little bit tyler you wrote about on monday father ryan left-handed pitcher matthew shorey committed to vanderbilt baseball and got me thinking that wow there's really going to be some some local flavor on that pitching staff in a few years when you look at it because ethan McIlvain, nolensville pitcher Ended up going undrafted, turned down some MLB offers, so he'll be going to campus this year. Ethan Robinson from DCA, I believe, is already enrolled this summer, uh, so he'll be there. And then you've got Miller Green from Lipscomb Academy, who recently joined the the class. Um, and then, of course, Matthew Shorey will be coming. There's actually several guys in the 2024 class that will be there. Matthew Shorey, uh, Roman Petrica from Mount Juliet, uh, I believe Hudson Barton from Grace Christian, and Connor Cobb from Innsworth. And then you've already got Colton Region from Mount Juliet and Ryan Ginther uh, on the pitching staff right now. So, anyways, I, a, a lot of local talent there heading to Vanderbilt, and uh, you know should be should be fun to keep up with those guys as they sort of move on with their careers. And of course, of that group, um, somebody, hopefully multiple players, will have good careers. And if you have a good career at Vanderbilt, you are likely right in the mix for uh, the MLB draft. So, be fun to keep up with those guys as, as time kind of goes on here. Yeah, and um, the two big – Vanderbilt has to just be tickled to be able to reel in Miller Green and Ethan McIlvain during the month of June um, and I guess early part of July uh, to, to be able to get those two um, kind of at the last minute. You know, Ethan being a guy they weren't sure, I would say, in the high school season, you're probably thinking 50-50 chance he'll sign uh with it with a pro team i mean I, I don't know what the what they were thinking on both sides you know when we talked to ethan i think he was still talking about having a decision to make so but being able to get both those guys and especially miller green a guy that committed been committed to georgia tech for a long time and had officially signed you know miller is certainly at his size and being a left-hander can be an effective pitcher but then there's also the possibility we'll see how well he hits at the next level and he really came on uh 
as a hitter late in this season uh, after overcoming a, an injury. So definitely some some good possibilities with him being able to help the offense and the defense. And then just to add on about Shorey, you know, that was a guy whose recruitment maybe to a lot of us flew under the radar a little bit, but he is an electric pitcher and his velocity has gone up four or five miles an hour every year since he was a freshman. And with the weight he'll be capable to put on at, at you know, a little over six feet um, already at 180. Uh, he's, he's going to have an up. He's going to, there's the possibility and definitely the, the potential to put on uh, more to that fastball, which I topped out at 90 miles an hour against McCauley in the, in the state tournament this year. So, yeah, it's been a good month or, or two for uh, for Vanderbilt baseball. And over at Brentwood Academy, they are uh, reeling in some transfers right now on the football side. Four guys recently, I guess within the last week or so, have all uh, arrived over there at BA. And, and that includes Oakland running back slash wide receiver T.T. Hill. He had a really big season there for Oakland last year, I believe, as a sophomore. Tyler, you might want to jump in here and, and correct me, but um, – yeah, a lot of playmakers heading over to Brentwood Academy to join George McIntyre and company over there. Yeah, T.T. Hill uh, really came on as that. And, yeah, you're right, as a sophomore, a guy that just kind of had a breakout season. And when I saw him at Ravenwood, he was fantastic. Um, that was one of my, I think, two times to see him that year. Uh, but especially he was he was great in that game. And um, just he he also has the – that he's just he's kind of like a you know a jitterbug type runner he can return kicks uh really electric playmaker and he's got a few offers but he definitely stands to benefit from what's happening with this offense a lot of people are going to come to watch George McIntyre obviously at quarterback and then when you talk about the other receivers they've brought in you know Shavar Young uh the Knox Webb transfer and uh Tennessee commitment um that it brings eyeballs on you as a, if you're TT Hill to, to pot, to get some more looks, there'll certainly be some more looks for him. At, you know, if, if he's playing well, that he stands to benefit and he's got a couple years there to really get ingrained in that offense. Um, and just from this, the team side of things, you know, we look at BA finishing last year, so close to getting to the state championship game and so close to beating eventual state champion Baylor with that play that, I mean, they were literally inches away from, from winning that game with the goal line stop kind of stopping the, their, their playoff run. That's a team that was already knocking on the door and got a lot done last year with a receiving core that beyond Ian Scott, the senior that graduated, you know, he had 616 yards receiving, but nobody else below him had more than 400 yards receiving. It was McIntyre was really able to spread out, the production to a lot of players, but there wasn't, it's not like there was a dominant player that was running up and down the field. So without those transfers, you wonder where, how that would look. I'd be a lot of young receivers for McIntyre to throw to. Um, and certainly he's good enough to spread it around and sort of uh, increase the production around him, you know, make players better because he's, he's got a lot of accuracy and arm strength and just ability to, to make plays where there are none. Uh, and even with his feet. So, but these are huge transfers for Brentwood Academy's uh, goal of winning a state championship. So just increases sort of the entertainment factor of that, that D2 AAA schedule and the, the competition there. It's going to be a fun race to watch. There are so many good players in that classification. Uh, it is once again, you know, solidified itself as the, the top level of competition in the state. 
it's a small group of teams, but a dominant group of teams. And uh, yeah, whoever emerges from that is really going to have earned it. Uh, Tyler, a couple of weeks ago, I was out of town and walked into a sports bar. Uh, of course, ESPN was on the TV, and there was Brandon Miller playing for the Charlotte Hornets in the NBA Summer League. Of course, the former Kane Ridge standout that went number two overall in the NBA draft uh, back in June. Really just kind of neat to see him already in an NBA uniform, you know, at, I guess, age 19 or so. Um, I guess we always knew he was going to be really good, but you never can. It's hard to project somebody being a one-and-done but here he is, and uh, he had a, a nice showing in summer league. Five games, he averaged 15.2 points, 6.8 rebounds, 3.4 assists, 1.2 steals. He shot 31% on threes, 38% from field goal range. Uh, so he wasn't exactly the most efficient, but, you know, that's okay. I mean, he, he takes a lot of shots. He's out there a lot. And uh, when he gets going, that's how you end up with those 30 or 40-point nights. Uh, but the shooting was a little bit down there for him. Uh, but – he was holding his own against uh, Victor Wembanyama. I, I saw a clip where uh, Victor tried to drive in the lane and Brandon Miller denied him and I believe it ended in a, ended in a turnover. So anyways, just need to see Miller going toe to toe with, you know, some of the best rookies out there um, kind of ahead of his first season in the league. Yeah. And it's kind of a small sample size and you don't want to judge too much on the summer league, but also you've seen guys can go out there and have it really rough. They get kind of nervous and, it's a little bit new to them and it doesn't always go well for everyone in, in the summer league as a rookie. And uh, as we saw a little bit with Wimby, you know, he, he had some struggles that all of a sudden came to light. Uh, I guess, including the thing with Britney Spears, you know, if you can avoid a huge uh, pop culture story surrounding you during the summer league, that's certainly a, a benefit, but um, you know, yeah, Miller did well, I thought. And I think his scoring landed him somewhere around the 30th uh, highest scoring range uh, in, in the summer league, which is, which is solid. Um, yeah. Nothing else. Uh, 15 points, and eight rebounds that or six, you know, about seven rebounds that didn't, that doesn't surprise me at all. He's also a guy that just seems like he's a shoe in for about seven to eight, nine rebounds a game. So that's important too, f- uh, for, for what he's capable of doing at the next level couple more items quickly here on the way out. The TWCAA instituted a $250 fine for schools with bad fans. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, you know, the short answer is they definitely, the TSSA can definitely find those fans. Um, there is an appeals process. Uh, there's also an emphasis on officials can't just start throwing uh, coaches and player, I'm sorry, fans out of the game. Uh, it goes for players too. Uh, so there's a little bit more of a structure and emphasis on what they need to do before they start throwing people out. And if they don't, if those officials don't follow that, that this doesn't have to be a fine for fans. There's going to be a little bit of a, a process where they can determine what happens, but uh, ultimately, yeah, definitely a, definitely a development in the effort to increase some bad fan behavior, which is an emphasis by the NFHS as of uh, you know a year or two ago. And lastly, Nashville Christian has hired a new girls basketball coach to replace Dustin Patton, who went over to Good Pasture to take the boys' job when Adam Hassan resigned a couple months ago. Uh, and Nashville Christian went with Gary Venata, who just wrapped up a college coaching career, a lengthy one at Montevallo. He's also coached at Trevecca and UT Martin. So a big get for them. I believe he's got over 700 wins at the college level. And so now he joins a Nashville Christian staff that's got um, really two veteran coaches. On, on the boys' side, they've got John Pierce, of course, the Lipscomb uh, 
just prolific scorer from the nineties. Who's had a, who had a nice uh, career there at Franklin road Academy as the coach. Now Van Adel on the girls side, that's going to be a, a great basketball program over at Nashville Christian as they, uh, I believe they're renovating their gym pretty soon, if not already. So should be some good hoops played over there. And that is going to do it for today. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee highway safety office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. For Tyler Palmatier, I'm Russell Venosi, and this has been the Main Street Preps Podcast. We'll see you next time.